Um, so tonight, 1 John 1 and verse 5, we'll start reading. We think about being a confident Christian. You know, one thing about the Bible is it makes us more confident in what's going on around us in our lives and, and how we live. It can make us confidence. It can give us confidence. We need the right kind of confidence. Uh, I'm not talking arrogance, right? No. <laughs> Sometimes you might look at someone and go, oh, that's not confidence. That's arrogance. Um, but we've got to be careful. We've got to have confidence. We need to have confidence. God wants us to have confidence in him. He wants us to have confidence in salvation, too. Think about that. He doesn't want us to keep, well, help him. He says if we can know, we can be saved, right? We can, we can know in, in the Bible. And uh, what a wonderful thing it is to know. You don't have to guess around. Don't have to kick the can around and hope I'm saved and different things. But he wants us to be confident in some things. And uh, that takes away the worry, takes away the guessing, all that, and gives us confidence. The right kind of confidence will go a long ways because this Lord sees that we're confident in him. We're not confident in this world. We're not confident in the things that are going on around us. We're realizing really fast or really quick that you can't be confident in the world, right? I mean, what you're looking at, you're going, wow, you know, uh, look at the people that are leading us, you know. <laughs> it's like, uh, but that's, you know, we need to have confidence in the Lord. Uh, but the Lord is completely in, in control. So 1 John 1, verse 5. 1 John 1, verse 5, it says, and we'll read some verses all the, all the way up through uh, uh, a couple verses into uh, the second chapter, but here in 1 John 1, 5, it says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we, that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and, true and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And so we jump to uh, chapter 2 right here, and it continues on, really. Really, there's no real division here other than the fact that we put that in there. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ the righteous. And in the second verse here, and he is the propitiation that would be covering for our sins, and not our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I put, I highlighted that, the whole world. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, he has made a covering for the whole world. and uh, But that's according to those that would receive Christ as their Savior. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time that we can be in your word. I pray that you bless it. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for those that come out on Wednesday night. And it's kind of like propping up the middle of the week and, and giving us that cold drink of water. And I pray that you would just bless it. And bless your word, Lord. I pray that it would not return void, that it would do its purpose. No, you would just bless our time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, <clears throat> we see the confidence through uh, confession. And uh, this certainly, uh, in, in the Christian life, we see that 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, we see the uh, all there. That's a pretty big thing, isn't it? That's a pretty cool thing. That's a neat thing. For us as Christians to know that we can have uh, we can have things confessed, we can get things under the blood, His blood. And may I remind you that if we don't get them under the blood, they're not they're not dealt with. And uh, so, 
we think about here in our here in the scripture that we had just read uh, this evening. There was a, a work mentioned nine nine times. The word was not uh, sin. Most people in America do not mention the word sin unless it is in the form of a joke. But sin is no joke. The Bible teaches us that sin separates man from God. Uh, Romans three says, "Come short of you know." We come short of the glory of God because of sin, things like that. Uh, thank God that Jesus Christ bridged the gap of sin between God and man uh, and offers salvation. But the truth is that although our sins are forgiven, Christians sin after salvation. Receiving the new nature does not eliminate the old. And although these sins do not cause God to revoke salvation, they can hinder our fellowship with him. So Isaiah 59.2, in Isaiah 59.2, it says, but your iniquities, iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, and he will not hear. And so we see the importance of understanding that uh, what our sin does. And uh, we think about the fact that we distance ourselves from God. We do the distancing by allowing our sin to uh, be there. And our sin is, you know, iniquity. Iniquity is a sin that you, is repetitive, continues on, and it becomes an iniquity. It's just sin, but it's an iniquity because it continues on. And we don't deal with it. We don't, uh, and some of us, even Christians, don't even, uh, we don't even acknowledge it. And that's not a very good thing, especially since for the fact that we can do something with it. And simply, uh, we, see, we, see, we see the importance of doing something about it. It's so important today that we do something about it. And... Um, you know, uh, we need uh, some confidence in, 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 in God. No, sin is believing you are self-created, self-dependent, and self-sustained. Truly, when we sin, we leave God out of the picture. Yeah, we do that, we do that without God. <laughs> but we think about the fact that sin, sin is believing that you are self-created, self-dependent, and self-sustained. I don't need God. When you sin, you're almost like at a place where I don't need God. God, you know, we leave God out of the picture in our lives. And it can be a dangerous place to be in, and to have sin there. And we as, we as Christians, we need to be careful, though. We, I know that we, we're good at pointing out other people's sins. Oh, look at that person over there. Yeah, I know. You know. And, but we're not looking at our own sin. Sometimes, was it, was it called, we have to, it's important for us to get the beam out of our own eye before helping someone else with their little, you know, little whatever it is in their eye. Uh, and so um, we, need to, we need to allow God to look at our lives. Try my reign. He, we need to invite God as David did. Say, try me. Know my heart. That can be a scary thing to do, right? <laughs> Maybe something there you didn't know. You know it's the elephant in the room, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> I didn't know that was in here. Um, but we see the, uh, we think about how important it is to understand that today, um, three ways people deal with sin. Number one, some people, or some cover sin, basically. Some cover it up. Uh, in verse 8 of our First uh, John 1, 6, I mean, First John 1, 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So we can, be, we can think that, hey, we have fellowship with God. I have fellowship with God. But we sin because we're not walking in the light. And we think about here verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Here we are. We're deceiving ourselves. 
And uh, that's not a good thing to have, be, be deceiving ourselves. And uh, in verse 10, we say, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So we see some things here, and we like to cover some things up. Uh, we think about how uh, some cover sin by, uh, by lying to others. And, and that would be verse 6, basically. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the, the truth. We lie about it. Our lives lie about it. And yeah, we can we can look the part. We can look like we're putting on a tie, or we're coming to church. We got our big Bible. Uh, we got our small Bible. You got your, you know, what do you call it? Um, well, I was thinking of a, a word. People wear certain. I'm trying to think. Styles. You got your stylish Bible. You know, you can make whatever. Uh, but we we can we can come to church and we can play Christian. We can be Joe. Uh, Holy Joe, right, or something like that, or whatever, the different names people call us. But we can be all these different things. We can masquerade. Many Christians masquerade spiritually. Uh, they know the lingo. They know even the. They even have a fish on their bumper a bumper, a bumper sticker on their that as a fish, right? But they have deep, deep rooted and unresolved sin problems. So, and it does come. It does happen when we don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't let them look look in the closet. We don't let them look under the bed. We don't let them look. Well, you know, I, I, there's some rooms I got to keep you out of, Lord. And uh, in our lives, we have Jesus in our lives, maybe, but we keep him out of certain rooms. And he may be asking, why is this room? Why is it locked? You know. And we we need to be an open book to the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, "He that covereth his sins shall not prosper." And that's Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. And so, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And so we, we need to be, we want to be in the later part. We need to confess and forsake them. And uh, there's plenty of people not prospering. We need to prosper. So we can lie to others. We can be lying to others. We can be even lying to God. Um, also, we see that B, uh, by lying to themselves. Have you ever heard, you ever ran across a person that actually believed their lie? And um, I've had family members that way. And uh, it's quite interesting. They actually believe their lies. I mean, it's a lie. You, you know it's a lie. Yeah, it'd be a tragic thing if I had to show you <laughs> that's a lie. But it, it is, we think about how um, sometimes you can believe that lie. Note, it, uh, we, we see that it is really difficult to help someone who, who, has, con who has convinced themselves of a lie. And it's denial. And so they deny that. And so we see in verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Think about that. Deceiving yourselves. Deceiving yourselves. And so we see that uh, we think about a child who steals. Uh, did you do? Did, no, no, I didn't know. A child that steals. Uh, we think about how uh, people can have, uh, note, some even deny a sin nature altogether. Oh, I don't have a sin nature. That's crazy. Why would I? You know? And they'll deny things. And, um, and they'll lie to themselves, and they'll believe it. Um, we think about a believer who lives a life of sin and tries to cover it up will be chastised. And whom the Lord loveth, he chastiseth. If we really belong to the Lord and we're sinning, he's going to get after us. He's going to try to straighten us out. He's going to help us out with that. And uh, hopefully that believer goes, you know, I understand what's going on. The Lord's coming after. And we get, get that thing under the blood, get some things taken care of. We start agreeing with God. Thank you, God, for 
straighten me out. I think uh, I laughed. I talked to somebody about how uh, uh, I actually did, said this to Brother Carapa. I says, uh, you're going to straighten out your daughter, Brother Carapa. <laughs> he goes, that's what I told her. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they're going to straighten you out. You know? uh, but the Lord has a way of straightening us out. Amen. And, uh, and we, can, we can certainly have fun when we think about that. But when it's not fun, we're going through it. And we go, wow, okay, you got to take this seriously. And because uh, and we want to be blessed. We want our family to be blessed. We want those that are around us to be blessed. And so we're, uh, we need to do the right thing. And so uh, we need to be where the Lord can bless us. But we're not where the Lord can bless us if we've we got sin in, in the camp. If we have sin in our lives, uh, Lord's, we're not where God can bless us. And uh, we think about how... Um, we think about how uh, no, when a person stops covering up, he will say with David, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And so when we think about the fact that uh, we were born with a sin nature, amen, we were all born with a sin nature. Every person that walks or every person that's, uh, every person that's born other than Jesus Christ has got that sin nature. And so we need to do something about that, covering sin. Number two, confess sin. So we get that First John 1, 9. First John 1 9. If we can uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So note in term, confess involves many different concepts. And uh, we think about how important it is to uh, come before the Lord Jesus Christ and confess them uh, and realize what it is. It's sin. And we it's a very uh, it, Jesus had to die for our sins. Think about that. Look at the scope of the fact that Jesus had to die for your sins. And he was on the cross, and he died for those very sins that you're confessing. So it puts a different, it puts a different look to it when we look at our sin and realize what our Savior had to do in order to take care of business for us concerning that sin. And so what, what should this do is it should help us to direct us away from sin, Right? If we really, if it really, if it really matters to us, is we should we should we should be concerned about what the Lord Jesus had to do for us. Note, this is not. We think about how. Um, uh, note, confessions involves the naming of specific sins and saying the same thing about them that God says. See sin as God sees it. Think about it. How God sees it. We think about it, we see it the way we want to see it. Sometimes we're ju- we can be we can justify some things, can't we? Oh, it's not quite that bad, you know. It's this or that, but it's sin, and so we need to take care of it, and we need to confess it, and do something about it. Note the reason people do not confess sin is because they do not agree with God, but confession is sin, of sin is vital because it brings a cleansing or a restoration of fellowship, and it renews confidence in a Christian based upon Christ's atoning work. Yeah. And so we see the importance, and when we confess our sins, I mean, he's right there listening to us. And he's interceding. He's con- and he's doing something very powerful in heaven for you and for me. And it doesn't stop. It continues on. And he's able to do all these things for us. And so there's a lot going on in the, back, in, the, in the background. You look at the Word of God, and, and, and you look at what God has to do and what Jesus does and, and his involvement in, in, in helping us be what we can be for him. Uh, what a great God we have. And we need to understand that he's atones for us. And so we see that we confess sin through our advocate, Jesus Christ. 
and uh, so important that we understand that we confess our sin through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not through somebody else. It's not through Mother Mary. It's not through, it's through the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And uh, so important. <clears throat> we think about today's, there's so many people, they need to um, understand that so often we can't be what God wants us to be unless we got that sin confessed. 1 John 1, 9. Revelation 12, 10 tells us that Satan accused us day and night, but Jesus is our advocate, one who comes to our defense. You know, he's our advocate. He's, he's there to help us. He's there to, he's there to be right by our side, but he can't be right by our side if we have sin in our, in our lives. We're distancing ourselves, but what we're doing, we're walking in a different direction. God forgives his children based on the offerings of his son. You know, it's based upon the offerings of his son. And so in verse 2 of, of 1 John 2, 2, it says, And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not our sins only, but the, uh, also for the sins of the whole world. He's the propitiation. He was the substitute. He was the person that died on the cross. That was the ultimate sacrifice. That was the sacrifice that the Old Testament people were looking forward to. There would have to be a greater sacrifice. This was only a shadow. These animals were only a shadow of a great sacrifice that would have to happen down the road. As, as people looked at that time, as Jesus lived during that time, they looked right at the sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And we, as Christians today in 2021, we look back to a cross. Where the Lord Jesus Christ did the ultimate sacrifice. Sin is sin. Still sin today. Sin when Jesus was there. Sin when people started putting, uh, uh, bringing animals to uh, sacrifice. Sin is sin. It's the same thing. It's the same problem. We have a sinful nature. And we need to get some things taken care of. And ultimately, one day, we're not going to have to worry about it. We're going to have new bodies. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so... Uh, <clears throat> So important for us to understand that Jesus is the great sacrifice. He is the sin offering. Jesus became the, our propitiation, propitiation, mercy seat. Jesus alone can satisfy a, a holy God. And so uh, we see in verse uh, 7 of 1, um, <clears throat> but, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's that word again. I love it. He puts it right there. All sin. Amen. And there's the word of God. And we, and we see that it, it has the ability to take care of all of it. You know? You ever thrown something in the, in the washing machine? You thought, oh, I hope that takes care of it. I mean, you know, I put some stuff in there. I'm like, I don't know if that'll get it out. You know, but you put all kinds of stain stuff on there and you're going like, oh, I hope it gets it out. You know, it's like, especially for some of you that have white dresses or white shirts or something like that. And you just, you put some, uh, I don't know what you put on it, but it's like, it's not, it doesn't look like, and you put that in there. And when you get that out and you, you start looking at it closely and you're, oh man, praise the Lord. It got it out. And then sometimes you put it in there and you go, uh-oh, looks like that didn't work out. But his, his removing of the stain completely works every time. Amen. Amen. It's almost like having Tide. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's not a Tide commercial. I don't even use Tide. What am I talking about? But we see that Jesus, his blood completely takes care of the issue every time. Every single time. And we think, note, the blood forgave you at the day of salvation and it is efficacious on your behalf today. Uh, so we think about how, yes, sin uh, brings defeat and discouragement in our lives. Sin does. 
You may not even know it. You may be going along. You may not know it's dragging you down, but sin does drag you down. Did Paul, he talked about running a race, right? He ran the race. And what did he talk about running a race? He says, uh, I don't race with all these weights and all the different things. I have to take the weight of sin and get rid of it. I have to let loose of it. How am I going to run this race without uh, getting rid of this weight? And what do you see today? People are in the Olympics. They're not carrying around 20-pound dumbbells because, hey, I, I just picked this, this up. This is a pretty nice weight, uh, paperweight. I'm going to take it with me. I don't want to lose it, you know. Uh, and he's running. He's not going to be running with that. How, how, how much slower do you think he's going to run with that thing on his side, 20-pound weight? He's like, he ain't going to win. You might as well go home. <laughs> but we see that today, we as Christians, we try to run the race. We're going to run the race. Yeah, I got, I got some weight. Oh, that's okay. I'll take care of it sometime. No, take care of it now. And so, so important for us to do that. Um, so we think about the discouragement we can have, the weight that we have. Uh, Luke 15 talks about a prodigal in a pig pen, but repentance and confession brings joy. But some of us Christians or some people like to stay in the pig pen. Yeah. Someone's laughing over here. I don't know. Pig pen. All right. Let's take a look. After the services, we're going to come over to your, over to your guys' room. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, pig pen. Yes, pig pen. Um, and so pig pens aren't, aren't good. And so you know that... that um, we think about the joy that that boy had when he went home and realized he had a father that loved him, that cared for him, wanted him back. Luke 15, 18 says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. There in Luke 15, 18. I will say, and he said himself, he said, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back. Look at, it. Look at me. Look at where I'm living. I mean, my servants, my father's servants have it better than I do. Come on. He came to himself, didn't he? He realized. And I believe God was, in this particular person, probably working on going, hey, you know what? Look at you. Look what, Look around you, man. You got you got uh, Snorty here coming out and drooling on you, you know? Uh, and he's trying to help you eat some husk, you know? Oh, yummy. Delicious. Yeah. Maybe at home he had some venison or maybe he had some nice good meat, some good plates they had. And those servants, I'm telling you, some places their servants eat almost as well as some of the people that uh, they're serving. Sometimes they do. I've been in some places, I've been amazed at how the servants or how the people that serve dishes and things like that, how well they take care of them. You know why they do that? Because they want good help. And they want to take care of the good help. And that's, that's pretty neat. Uh, but we see here, he's, he probably thought of that. But we sometimes want to stay in the pig pen. I don't know. This is pretty comfy. <laughs> Out in the mud. And so you come to yourself. That's kind of the sin. If we stay in the sin, that's what happens. And so we also see that uh, we need to uh, conquer sin in dealing with, we need to conquer sin in uh, 1 John 2.1. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye said not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen. Wow, the righteous. I mean, the name tag there. See that? The righteous. Ready to do something here, right? On your behalf. What a great Savior we have. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ is always about others. He's always about others. He's always about us. I mean, who are we? But we are, we, we're someone special, each and every one of us. And he's the righteous. He's, he's, he's ready to help us and to conquer sin. No one will finally conquer sin until heaven. No one is sinfully, uh, sinlessly perfect. But God desires is that we 
would sin less and less as we grow more and more uh, for him. We think about how we will experience his victory. We think about walking in the light, walking in the light. Now, think about this. You ever thought about the fact that you were so distracted sometimes by so many things in your mind? You're distracted by all kinds of things. You know what sin does? Sin distracts you. Sin distracts you from the beauty that's around you. Sin distracts you from what you have right now, right here, right in front of you. Sin distracts you. And uh, if we get rid of that sin, we take away the distractions, those, at least those distractions, we take those out of our lives, and then all of a sudden we get to see, wow, it looks beautiful today. I've never noticed how beautiful it is because you got some of those things out of your life. And so it's almost like putting on different glasses. And some of us, we need to put some glasses on, period, right, man? All right. So but we think about how we need to confess them, walk in the light. We need to confess them immediately, obey every impulse from God by following also, number two, by following his word. Right? Psalms 119.105 says this, uh, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That means that the pathway is dark is why we would need that light. And hopefully we're getting that light out. Also, do we need to die to self? Romans 6, 7 through 11. And we need to die to ourselves. Romans 6, 7 through 11. Romans chapter 6 and verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, in verse 11, Likewise reckon ye your, also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's where real life happens. We think about living for God, allowing God to do something wonderful. <clears throat> we think about today, we have a lot of people, they're, um, they're trying to cover sin. I'm telling you, let me encourage you not to cover that sin. Get rid of it. Get it confessed. Get it underneath the blood. Get it where, where it needs to be and start living life. Amen. I think about here in conclusion, here's an illustration. Uh, we think about the uh, Queen uh, Elizabeth ocean liner. How close is that? That's just down here in, uh, on the ocean, right? And uh, anyways, this ocean liner laid tired and aching in dry dock uh, after years of grueling service in the Atlantic. They decided to give her a, a major facelift and convert her into a floating hotel. That's what we know down there. I guess, is this still a hotel? Yeah. As they hooked the cranes to the, uh, to the forward towering stacks and began to lift it off, it shattered into dust. The engineers rushed to discover the problem and soon found that the smokestacks consisted of only 30 paints of, or 30 coats of paint. The three-quarter inch plate had long since rusted out. Only the shell was left. The substance was missing. Only the decoration survived. Perhaps you've been covering up as a Christian, and you need to come to the Lord and restore your fellowship. Others, perhaps today, we think about need to uh, uh, need to for the first time confess your sinful condition and call upon Christ. Think about that. They painted and painted and painted. Maybe they thought, well, there's about thirty stripes of paint. I guess that wasn't strong enough. You know, use the wrong paint. You need to get that real strong stuff, right? But wow, that to crumble like that. And the thing, can you imagine? That could probably maybe kill you if you were to walk, if you were there 
got, got that thing sailing and the thing started going like this. You know how boats are. And that thing could have just came tumbling down. But uh, 30, 30 layers of paint or so was on that, just holding it. All that, all that metal had corroded away. <laughs> so anyways, praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then I'll, we'll get into our business meeting or whatever and talk about some uh, things about our building. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for uh, being our covering, being the propitiation for our sins and providing a life that we could not get any other way than knowing you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by you. Lord, we thank you, God, for your, your sweet and great love for us. I pray that we would look at what you did for us on, on Calvary and realize how important it is for us to live for you. And Lord, we thank you for how important your word is tonight. We thank you for how important it is for our our lives to be in, in line with you, to be where we, you could bless us, where we need your blessings tonight. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be an encouragement. Lord, as we think of our church in, in a dark valley, in a dark state, Lord, there's some people that need encouragement, Lord God. Help us, Lord, as a church to be an encouragement. Individuals here, that we would be encouraging to others, and that we'd be an encouragement by just living for you and, and looking for your leadership and your guidance, Lord, in our lives, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to make a difference. Lord, we love you. We pray that you bless now as we uh, talk about some business things, about some things about the church, our church. God, we thank you for blessing your church, and we thank you for the fact that it is your church, God. We pray that you would bless our time. Thank you for your word. I pray that you bless that all, Lord, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.